Hi everyone, this is Erin with the Soybean Pest Podcast. This is episode number seven of season eight of our podcast. And I'm flying solo today. Matt is on vacation. So I did have a few pest updates and a few upcoming events that I wanted to share with everyone. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that. Probably a shorter episode compared to when Matt's with me because he's actually the chatty one, if you hadn't noticed. So anyway, I'll get started with a few things that I'm hearing and seeing with our field agronomists, my lab, and also some kind of in-tune craft consultants around the state of Iowa. The first pest that I wanted to talk about is Japanese beetle. We've had this pest in our state since 1994, but it has more recently become a field crop concern. Especially in the last couple years, people have been noticing the feeding injury in corn and soybean. And this is a fairly conspicuous pest. It's a scarab beetle with metallic bronze and green body parts with some white tufts along the side. And they're ha- they have a classic defoliation called skeletonization in soybean, where they're feeding between the veins, kind of leaving what looks like a lacy or doily type leaf. And in corn, they can clip the silks and interfere with pollination. When it comes to soybean, they're generally not an economic pest, and And that's just because soybean can recover as far as putting on more defoliation. So it tends to put on more vegetation than the the Japanese beetles can remove. However, there are individual plants that can suffer quite a bit. Usually when there's one Japanese beetle, you find a lot, and they are highly mobile. And so they're moving around constantly from day to day for about 30 to 60 days. And so some of the edges of soybean fields can be heavily defoliated, but typically field-wide, they're not an economic issue. When it comes to corn, uh, they can be a more significant pest. And this is because, again, if they're clipping silks and interfering with pollination, later down the line, you're not getting the kernel fill and the kernel development that you're hoping for, and it directly translates to yield loss. So those folks that have seed corn, uh, popcorn, or they have different dates of planting for like research type projects, sometimes Japanese beetle can be a real pain in the butt. So they're active right now, they're feeding throughout the state, and just what people have been telling me that the numbers are up a little bit compared to the last couple growing seasons. So it is a pest to be on the lookout for. Another pest that is starting to show up that is a good time to be out there and scouting in corn is European corn borer. Now, for those folks that are not using BT for the above-ground traits for all the caterpillar suppression, uh, now is a good time to be scouting. A few uh, really dedicated crop consultants that help report kind of uh, pest activity to me said that they found European corn borer eggs and small instars. So this is a, this is significant because really the only chance you have to knock down a population of corn borers in the first or second generation is targeting those small larvae. They're not mobile yet. And so that's really the only time a foliar application is effective because once the larvae get a little bit bigger, they would move deep inside the whorl for the first generation or the second generation moves inside the ear, kind of as the common name suggests. And so again, for those folks that are not using BT, it is a good time to scout because you have a very short window before those young instars become older instars. I also talked a little bit about thistle caterpillar last time with all you guys, and that I'm still still getting some more reports. And this is uh, an insect that is migratory to Iowa. We see it every year, generally in early vegetative soybean. 
So for those late planted or replanted fields, sometimes thistle caterpillar can uh, show up and cause some defoliation. And, and really, they're easy to see even from a distance because they take soybean leaves and they web them together and they live inside those leaves. So uh, the defoliation and, and sort of the feeding injury that they create is pretty obvious even from a distance. People don't really like to see the thistle caterpillars, but they do like seeing the painted ladies, which is what we call the, the adult butterflies. And so uh, usually thistle caterpillar is not an economic issue. Uh, rarely would they build up to a number that you would consider treating for, especially because we would uh, covet the, the adult butterfly. So just something that you're likely to see if you're walking beans for other reasons. We have also seen a bit of a dip for soybean aphid populations since the last time we met, which approximately a week ago. And I'm not sure if we can contribute this to hot weather. We've also had some intense weather uh, since we last met. Some parts of Iowa saw a great amount of hail and severe rainstorms. And so those, especially when plants are small, can have an impact on soybean aphid, where you can have a temporary reduction in populations. It's also, it is a pest that should be on everyone's mind, especially in the northern part of the state this year, just because, as Matt and I talked about last week, then we're just seeing more aphids than we would typically see at this time of the year. So when you have populations that are building on plants, where some or most of the plants have aphids before bloom, that really sets the stage for possible economic treatments uh, or economic populations requiring a foliar insecticide later in the season. So it is a pest that should be scouted for at this time. And then lastly, I wanted to share an update uh, with a pest that I don't normally talk about, and that is potato leafhopper. This is another migratory pest that moves into Iowa every year. Typically, we would start to see the first ones in May with, uh, if they build up to high numbers, some of the visual symptoms occurring in alfalfa and soybean in late June or July, so kind of right now. And that is following sort of that historical pattern where a few of the agronomists and crop consultants are reporting that classic hopper burn injury in soybean. So sometimes that injury can be confused with herbicide drift or herbicide injury, which some people are, are having to deal with right now, and also some nutritional deficiencies. So it's important if you're seeing discoloration on, out in the field to confirm it is potato leafhopper or maybe it has nothing to do with an insect at all. And potato leafhopper you know, would rarely be a, a economic pest in soybean, although there are some cases where perimeter treatments can really do a good job of knocking down leafhoppers, especially if those fields are located next to alfalfa. Typically, the economic injury is only really associated with alfalfa fields here in our state, but you know, that's why it's worth getting out there and kind of monitoring those populations. I had a couple of, of events that are coming up next month at FEEL, which is our demo lab between Ames and Boone. And the first one is on July 12th, and it's called the Diagnostic Clinic. This is a great event for people that are new to agronomy, uh, maybe new hires for industry, or people that are just getting back into the crop consulting world. And so that is a full day out at FEEL. At, called the Diagnostic Clinic, and then the second one is July 13th, so the very next day called the Management Clinic. This is uh, for a little bit more experience, more in-depth types of conversations and demonstrations. Uh, it's a day that I'll be out there. I won't be there on the 12th, but I will be there on the 13th talking about soybean aphid and corn rootworm. You can sign up for the Diagnostic Clinic and the Management Clinic, 
uh, right now uh, through our registration website, and I can link to that, as well as providing some links to Japanese beetle, soybean aphid, thistle caterpillar, and potato leafhopper. I think that's all for now. You can uh, visit me and contact me anytime through Twitter at Aaron W. Hodson, E-R-I-N-W-H-O-D-G-S-O-N. You can email us anytime at O'Neill at Iowa State or Aaron at Iowa State. Uh, you can find us through any type of podcatcher like iTunes, Stitcher, or Pocket Casts. Uh, or you can just go right to the website as well. If you just Google soybean entomology, you'll likely find us at one of the top searches. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening.